just a bit about your own, uh, I suppose, if you gave a couple of experience, uh, you were fortunate enough to be part of a really talented group in UL and I'd imagine uh, when you look back on your sporting life, winning the Fitzgibbon Cup ranks fairly high, does it? It was as as high as a lot of, of basically. So you were talking about my Fitzgibbon win, you know, my my monster with Limerick, and then probably only topped by the by, by the All Ireland. So it's it was a really special time for me. Um, I played Sigerson and Fitz in UL, and you know, it, it was it was one of those things where I played I played Harty hurling with Limerick, or sorry, not Limerick, with Flannins in uh, in Munster, and we were very successful and. I went to the first uh, orientation day, uh, first year engineering uh, in UL, and I just went straight looking for the GA office. I was like, when are the Fitzgibbon trials on? You know, that's the that's the nature of of of, uh, of the appetite that I had for it in, when I was in UL. And I, I I was so fortunate that I got to play with absolutely incredible players. And UL is is quite special. So like you know, it's it's this you know first class rivals thing. You know, you're 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 playing against you're playing against uh, so many of them uh, in the in the inter county scene. You know, Brendan Bugler was one of the first people I met on campus in UL. Um, and, you know, he was, he's, you know, I couldn't get over how welcoming and friendly he was. Um, and, you know, as it turned out, then he was one of the, the chief obstacles to one of the Limerick teams I had for, for the next seven or eight years. And, you know, an all-star wing back, you know. And there were so many players in, in UL that I was very, very fortunate and privileged to play with. Um, you know, so, you know, from David Burke from Galway, from Kieran Joyce, Kilkenny, you know, Paul Kelly from Tipperary, so like the, the list goes on and on and on. I, I and, and I I loved that experience of playing with, with players from different counties, um, and I and I really enjoyed the competition itself. So and the Fitzgibbon I lost in two thousand and nine was one of the sorest things I'll ever I'll ever remember, um, and it probably made two thousand eleven that bit sweeter. You know when we you know we we had a really really strong team with Shane Dooley uh, from from Offaly. Uh, you know we we just had a fabulous group of players um and you know we were very very fortunate in the end to to, to beat a very good lit team uh, in the final uh, but it was it was the the fulfillment of nearly five years of, of trying um and it was a, it was an aim for all of us in in that in that uh, ga club in ul so um it's very very special and to see how well they've done ul in the years since has been brilliant uh, you know because there, there wasn't exactly a uh, a great wealth of traditional uh, wins when I was going to UL. We were really trying to re-establish UL as a strong uh, hurling college. Um, but since since they've been extremely strong. And, uh, you know, the Tipperary players, the Kilkenny players uh, that, have, that are going there, the Galway players, I, I think it's one of the unique geographical locations of Limerick that it pulls so many from so different counties. Uh, and it made my experience really, really a hugely positive one. It's obviously a real proving ground for young hurlers and maybe it's the gateway to inter-county hurling for some. And I saw, I was reading a report earlier this year that I think there was 29 Limerick hurlers registered for the Fitzgibbon Cup this year, which I suppose is a good barometer of the health of Limerick hurling right now, isn't it? It's, it's great, because uh, I, I said it previously that there was a period of time when, when Limerick hurlers weren't appearing in the Fitzgibbon. Um, you know, I was the only Limerick player on, on the UL team for, for nearly three, four years. Um, and, you know, it was, it, it was it's one of those things where I liken it then to the, to the development of Limerick underage, where you had um, Limerick schools doing well in the Harty Cup, our minor teams doing better. Then we had uh, our players playing Fitzgibbon across the, across the different institutions from UCD down to UCC up in uh, NUIG and then obviously then in the, in the Mary ILIT and UL. 
uh, you know, we had a good representation across those. And then we got, a, you know, we had strong under 21 teams. Those all our under 21 winning teams were all playing Fitzgibbon hurling. Um, and it just gave them a platform. It gave them a platform to play against top class uh, inter-county players um, while still, you know, setting a, a level for where they could shine, you know. So sometimes it doesn't it doesn't work out in the inter-county setup. Uh, because you just don't have that that platform to perform in a leadership capacity, or you know, to to basically make the most of your of, of your abilities. Whereas the Fitzgibbon gives you that, and I can think of any number of different examples of people who have you know not the greatest pedigree before going to university and then lighting it up into Fitzgibbon. You know, Aaron Galan comes to mind, a guy who 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 really was on the periphery of a panel one year, uh, was player player of the year in Fitzgibbon. The, the following February and was starting on the Mercedes Hurling team then in, in May. So like you know that's that's just one example of of a guy who, who can really make the best of the opportunities that the Fitzgibbon gives. Keen Lynch doesn't need a Fitzgibbon to prove himself, but he was ahead again yesterday. I mean, of all the lads you've played with, uh, where does he rank? But sure, Keen Keen's a special individual. Like, so like never. Uh, I I know you you might hear this wonder, but like if you if you just leave hurling aside. Um, Keen is, is an incredible individual. He's just a he's a he's a breath of fresh air to be around um, in in many many different ways. Uh, so like he, he doesn't he doesn't typically match to a beat that uh, that anybody else sets. Uh, so it's it's for a guy like him, you know, even just going back and doing uh, his his uh, his masters in education to get to be a teacher, you know, it's it, it's a it's a decision that he made to pursue, and uh, you know, it's cool that he actually gets to do to be in in, in the Fitzgibbon final out uh, tomorrow. Hopefully. If you will get there, he's not as successful, but sure, listen. Um, you know, he's he's an incredible talent. I knew, you know, I, he, there's there's a couple there's a couple of players that come along around again. I had heard about Joe Canning when he was cutting sidelines over the bar in under 14 intercounty county competitions down the Tony Forest. So Keen Keen Lynch is, is the same kind of guy. You were hearing whispers of a guy coming out of uh Limerick that was able to flick the ball off the ground at 11 years of age. You know what I mean? It, it, this is players like that. Come along every now and again. Like Richie Power was kind of similar enough in Kilkenny when he was coming through. Richie Hogan, um, you know, players players come through that are special players, uh, and Keane is a special player. Um, it, there's there really isn't uh, a science uh, for what he can do to get the ball from the ground into his hand. There, it's it's an incredible gift uh, between hand-eye coordination and and the audacity and confidence to try it. So, you know, when I think of the players, the really truly special players that I play with. And I got to play with a lot towards the end because they're still special. Uh, but, uh, you know, the likes of an Andrew O'Shaughnessy, the likes of, you know, an Ali Moore, uh, these really, really high-class um, top performers, um, you know, Keane Keen is, is, is probably the cream. Just finally for me, Seamus, um, when you compare the current hurling landscape to, say, when you started off playing Fitzgibbon, you were saying, you know, you're the only Limerick lad playing, there's whatever, 29 this year, and all Limerick have won in the last few years. Is there a really stark difference between, I suppose, the confidence around Limerick Hurland now compared to, say, whatever, 15 years ago? I cannot tell you the stark difference that is between the confidence of Limerick Hurling now and 15 years ago. Um, no, like it's 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 night and day. Um, you know, I I I remember in you know around 10 years ago, thinking you know it it it's not going to happen. Uh, we're we're just not we're not there, and I don't see how we're going to get there. But the reality is that this, you know, and at the time I remember hearing of the five-year plan for underage hurling in Limerick, um, you know, around 2009, 2010. 
uh, not really fully understanding what it was, who was involved, uh, what would actually, you know, what was expected from it. But really what it was, was a group of Limerick people who were, who were willing to pour in time, commitment to a very, uh, and resources, uh, to a very, you know, structured and well thought out framework for, for bringing young men through, through uh, the hurling underage groups, playing a, sty a, a, a style of hurling that, is, that would translate to the senior game. Um, you know, it, it, was, it was really a long, a long time in the making. Um, but then when, when the fruit started to come, when the Old School Reaches started winning Harty Cups, when the Limerick Miners started winning Monsters that we hadn't won in 15 years, when the under-21 started winning All-Ireland, you're like this didn't just happen this this was this is the the fruit of a seed that was that was planted when nobody was looking so it's the difference between now and you know it's such a wonderful time to be from Limerick um, and to and for me to to, to know uh, and to have you know to, to to have played with so many of these special players um it's a it's a it's a really special time to be from Limerick um and to be compare and to be comparing the currently team with some of the greatest teams that have been, you know, and that's what's happening now. And I think it's 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 justified. Um, like try and compare that to going out in in, in the qualifiers in two thousand eleven or twelve. You know, it's just it's night and day, uh, and it's it, it probably makes it sweeter for me knowing that you know it wasn't always like this. Best up, Seamus. Thanks a million. Thanks, John. Hey, Seamus. Marisa here from Pondadrina. Hi, Marissa. How are you doing? Good. And uh, just staying with um, UL and the Fitzgibbon there, what I find really interesting is, you know, when they won in, in yourselves in 2011 and then 2015, 2018, they had these incredible players. They had yeah. Tony yeah. Kelly, John McGrath, the Morrissey brothers, all these yeah. people. Um, but this year's squad, you couldn't really say that there's any player that would stand out above the rest, but they're still banging in goals. I think it's 1277 they've scored this year. Yeah. So do you think that the change in landscape in the Fitzgibbon is you don't necessarily need these these you know intercounty stars on your team? Yeah, no. In, in fairness, this is this is one of the beautiful things about the Fitzgibbon is because you know it took me five years to win one when we were the consensus favourites every year. Um, the Fitzgibbon doesn't work like that. I remember uh, an NUI Galway team uh, in I think it was two thousand and eight um, with centre back. He became a doctor afterwards. Uh, John, ah, oh, he was a Galway senior hurler and left to, to, to do medicine. Can you, Lee. What? Sorry, no. Lee, Lee was it? John Lee. Thank you very much. So, like, you know, that was a Galway team that came out of absolutely nowhere. Um, and again, a, a really well-rounded team. Not too many stars. Um, just really, really hard-working. Excellent team. Then you had the likes of the, the, the Waterford Institute of Technology teams again around around a similar time frame that were just really, really well put together and really well coached by Colin Bonner at the time. So the Fitzgibbon is a really good equaliser. And obviously the conditions at the time of year equalise it even further. So you really, it, unless you have a really special team that gels well and plays together, it doesn't really matter of your your, your pedigree. Um, you know, because I've seen plenty of exceptional calibre forwards. Uh, just not take that if it's given uh, because it's 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 mucky it's 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 windy it's rainy and the cornerback is from you know Ogunlo in uh, in East Clare and he's no interest in playing the ball he just wants you to be quiet so like this is the that's the reality if it's given and and it's it's a really really cool um, 
you know, it's a it's a really cool attribute of it. You know, I look at this IT Carlo team that Limerick are playing, UL are playing tonight, and I think, I, I, you know, that is them. They are a really good uh, example of that. Um, really strong team playing off a very well formed style of play. You know, DJ has coached them extremely well, um, and that, and they have been competitive for the last six seven years. Uh, so they fancy themselves uh, tonight. Uh, but when I look at the UL team, you know, I still see really, 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 really good players, really strong uh, talent all over the place. You know, the, the young players like Brian O'Grady from Limerick um, that, that I, I'm really a big fan of uh, from a small club in East Limerick, uh, but, you know, really has promising prospects ahead of him with the, the senior team. Uh, but, you know, Mark Rogers is, is playing serious stuff. I, I think, you know, he of, of the... Of the how many goals they've scored, is it twenty goals or something? He scored nearly eight or something. He's so he's 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 I think a very special player. Gerard O'Connor from from Tipperary, really really special player. So you know I, again, they have what is important. They have scores, uh, but they also have then great work rate around the middle and the half back line. I think is is, is again very strong. So like you know it's uh, I think Fitzgibbon rewards teams. Uh, rather than individuals, uh, and it's a competition that is probably you know when, when you when you look at it, it has for, for me as a player looking back probably as a as a as a as a back <laughs> defender, um, you know I liked I liked the Fitzgibbon for that I liked the way that it was it was uh, it was it was a team first competition and uh, and, and it remains that. Uh, back after round one, Jamie Wall said that uh, he thought that the winner of the competition was going to come from his group, which was UCC, Mary I, NUIG, and UCD. And so far, it's kind of turning out that way. Do, do, you, do you think that's going to be a, a good prediction this year? NUIG are very strong. And I, when I saw that group, I really did think that I was like, my goodness, whoever comes out of that group. And the games, when you look at the games and the results, it was very close. Um, and that, that game between Mary I and UCD, it was 6.15 apiece. Like, that was insane. Um, so, like, you know, it, it was. It's a fair thing to say. Um, I, I think that NYG team is a really strong team. Uh, you know, Keen Keen makes it a really special. Uh, you know, contribution around the middle. But then Evan Island is really, really strong in the corner. So they've got they've got a you know a scoring a scorer in chief. They've got an engine at the middle. They've got a really strong in the back. You know, they they've really there's a lot of product from the Galway underage system that is that is hurling really well for that NUIG team so you know they've also been tested by really strong teams so I, I would probably you know I'd sign up to that that NUIG are probably are, are, are the favourites especially considering they're they're sitting waiting for for opposition in the final uh, and they have an extra day's rest which is not to be snubbed at uh, this time of year so um, I, I was I'm very impressed with NUIG all year uh, but Limerick have been very good uh, UL have been very very you know I would again like that to say just very workmanlike, very uh, consistent. Uh, the wins over Technical, Monster Technical University in Cork, and you know even the the quarterfinal is I think is you know they they did well, uh, and I would expect that if they if they beat an, an IT Carlo team tonight, which again has had very good results and come through very strongly and through all their games, hasn't lost yet. So I, I'd expect that they'll have earned they'll have earned uh, a fairly strong. Um, uh, right to, to to earn the trophy, so you know it's 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 fair. Anyway, you're strong, uh, and they probably carry the favourite side. There has been a, some talk about the fact that you know tonight's final. You know, I think it's seven or half seven tonight, and then you have the semi final tonight. You have the final on Saturday afternoon. It doesn't give a lot of time for rest and recovery. But I suppose back in the day, you used to have the finals weekends. Um, what, like, what's your thoughts on that? I'm assuming that the, the weekends were, were a great crack back in the day. 
they were great crack, uh, but they were so unpredictable. Uh, flip it, it was very hard. Uh, like the, the, the Fitzgibbon we lost uh, in 2009 against UCC, UL versus UCC. Like we were, we were untouchable favourites uh, and we had an incredible team. Um, but we, we did not recover from, and we played the first game on the Friday. We did not recover um, between the, the Friday and the Saturday. And UCC won their semi-final after extra time and blew us off the field in, in the final in, in Parnell Park. So it's, it was very unpredictable uh, from year, from day to day. We, uh, so like it was, it, and it was also very, very hard on, on the players. I like what they've done. I like that they've got a day or two between rest. It does kind of take away from the weekend festival feel, but listen, it, it, if, if we get good games and that are streamed live, you know, we, we've had a great, we've had great access to the games. Uh, between the sponsorship for the last three years that have really elevated the profile from Electric Ireland to the to the actual streaming platforms from the YouTube channel and the higher education uh, to TG Catter streaming it on the players or, or showing it live. So <clears throat> it's it's as long as we get, I would say, good games and then we've 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 got a lot of excellent games between the Sigerson and and, and if it's given. So I think this time of year I think we're very fortunate. That's all for me, Seamus. Thanks. Thanks, Marcel. Uh, how are you, Seamus? Jack from Sport and Limerick here. Um, can, continue on that from Marissa's point there, just with player welfare. Um, there's not a lot of inter-county players involved, and obviously the league is is on at the moment. Do you think players that are playing inter-county should be released solely to their Fitzgibbon or Six Cup teams? Obviously, the likes of Mark Rogers and Brian O'Grady, if they win tonight, will have had three games in a week. Yeah, no, I, so it's one of those things. So we've been part of, I was part of discussions for the last nearly 10 years of you know, how do we relieve younger players of the burden of responsibility to play for multiple teams? So ideally, I would prefer, from personally, I thought one of, the, one of the best solutions was to have just single eligibility, that if you're eligible for one team, that's the team you play with, and it reduces the number of games, you know. But the reality is, uh, and we've had this conversation with, with, with players, they want to play, um, and they want to. They don't want to lose their opportunity to break through on the, on the senior team or the inter-county senior team. They don't want to lose that opportunity. Uh, they don't want to be left behind. You know, but you know, it's it's very hard to convince them that, that it's better for them to actually pick one competition, play well in that competition, and then get the opportunity afterwards. But you know, to me, it would be a good solution. There's thoughts of moving the competitions. I, I wouldn't be if I wouldn't be for moving the competitions based on the calendar as it is now. We have an off season, which is amazing uh, for players. That is, you know, that, a real true off season uh, in in the, the months of November and December for for most players. Uh, we still have some club club teams uh, going through that period. But again, hopefully, if we if we bring the competitions, the club competitions down to the single calendar year, we should have December off. So it's. Uh, you know, it, it is tough on young players, but it, it, and this is this has been this has been the way um, since uh, since year dot. Um, if you're if you're young and talented, uh, lots of people want you to play. Um, you know, I am a fan of this uh, of the, the the single eligibility and whatever, and whatever grade that is. Like so, even if it's you get a choice as to what you're eligible for, uh, it's complicated in in in, in uh, third level. Uh, hurling and football because of scholarships and universities is helping you pay for your education so you you know there is a, a duty of service there uh, so you know th that complicates the issue between that and, and, and inter-county where a lot of players aspire to be uh, they aspire to, to to the highest level so it's not a it's not a simple problem uh, it, it doesn't have a, an easy answer 
but you know, I would be in favour of trying things out because I remember when I was in when I was in first year in UL, I got to play Fitzgibbon, but the following year, the eligibility for first years was removed, um, and that was again trying to play, trying to protect the younger players at that time of year. Um, you know, I was I was I was very fortunate to have been established in the Limerick team at that stage, so I I didn't have that, I didn't have that, I didn't have that. Um, I, I had got an opportunity. I was very fortunate, very fortunate, due to injury of another player. So, like, uh, but not all players are the same, uh, and and a lot of young players need opportunities and a platform to perform. And I think Fitzgibbon gives that to them. I think it's a really good platform um, of, you know, of of even talent across the board, of even age categories. You know, you're given your best chance to succeed, and I think that's a, it's a good competition, a great competition for that. And I think young players should be given the opportunity to play that. And just on Limerick for a minute, obviously, Garoa was sent after the weekend and there's been a lot, of made about, a lot made about this kind of edge that Limerick have. Do you think Limerick go over the edge or just all great teams kind of have it, like Kilkenny of the, the noughties? Listen, so um, I, the, my, my thoughts on this are the, the good teams of the last 15, nearly 20 years at this stage have been strong, physical, intense teams. Um when you know when I made a comment, it was very funny back in uh, the build-up to 2008 All Ireland final between Kilkenny and Watford. Uh, I basically said that listen, Watford really don't, you know, they, they need to match the intensity and the physicality before the hurling starts. I said hurling level, you know, we can talk about that afterwards, but it's Kilkenny's intensity and physicality that, that sets them apart. And the Kilkenny people around me did not like that. They were like, we're skillful first, and we've great hurling, hurling skill. And I was like, that's fine. I said, you have that. But ultimately, you're not even in the game unless you meet the physicality and the intensity stakes. You're just not there. And that's what Limerick have done the last couple of years that has, that has really elevated them amongst, above the other teams, is set the intensity and set the, the level of, of, of physicality required to match them. And different teams have matched them at different times, uh, whether it's the Tipperary team, whether it's the Galway team, uh, whether it was Watford. Um, you know, so it's, 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 it's one of the requirements of intercounty hurling that you actually meet the the, the, the standard of, of, of physicality and intensity to, to be in the game. Do Limerick go over the edge sometimes? They do. It's, it's the reality of playing on the edge that the referee's interpretation has you over it sometimes. Uh, but again, I don't know I don't know a great team or a good a very good team that hasn't uh, been on the wrong side of that because of the the intensity of effort. So, you know, uh, we've we had this narrative uh, when when Kilkenny were strong of different players who who used you know I can take a one I'm not going to mention names but uh, of tipping helmets uh, going up catching balls you know and th- this kind of thing this is these are these are the margins uh, and good teams do these things it's the referee's job is to interpret the rules and, uh, and apply them and there's a consequence for breaking the rules so you know at the weekend there was a consequence uh, for Grove breaking the rules and he he got he got sent off and that's that's the reality. As long as there's a consequence, well, then you readjust your, re- you readjust your approach uh, and you learn. So I, I don't think, I don't think there's much needs to be made about it. Uh, only that Limerick are a really good team; they play hard, and uh, if you want to beat them, you're going to have to play hard too. 